Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Think about any conversation or meeting you have ever had. For a conversation to be successful, you need to know a little bit about who you're talking to, where that person came from, his upbringing, his background, his interests, his talents, his hopes, dreams, desires, his history, his future. You need to know all you can about a person in conversation so that that conversation can be as successful and deep and enriching as possible. Think about any meeting you've ever been to. Doesn't it help to have an agenda, a list of points to cover, to make sure that the meeting has a direction, it has a focus, to make sure the important points are covered? So when it comes to communication, knowing who you're speaking to and knowing what to talk about is extremely important. And that is also true of our relationship with God. We have to know the God we're speaking to, and we also have to know what we're going to say to him. It's amazing here at headquarters in Edmond, Oklahoma, at Philadelphia Church of God's Sabbath services recently, it seems like we're hearing messages about prayer pretty much every week. We're hearing about that all the time because it is such a vital subject. PCG Pastor General Gerald Fleury, as well as the late Worldwide Church of God founder Herbert W. Armstrong, have both said that prayer is the most important thing we can focus on in this life. It's the most important thing we can ever do. And if we're going to be talented or skillful in any area, let it be this area of prayer. We need to know the great God we're praying to, and we need to know what we're going to pray to him about. And thankfully, God's church puts out a lot of material about prayer, a lot of helpful Christian living points for how to strengthen this most important relationship in our lives. We have an entire book about prayer, how to do it, and it's called How to Pray. Very simple. How to Pray. Get yourself a free copy at thetrumpet.com. Now, Part of this book talks about the prayer outline given to us by Jesus Christ himself. We can just take a look at that first and just see the structure that a typical prayer should have. It's not too rigid where every prayer has to be the exact same, but just notice what Christ said and notice as well that Christ was responding to his disciples. His disciples asked Christ how to pray. 
Sure, those disciples were there to be taught by Christ. They were around him every day, but they still had questions about prayer. We all have questions about prayer, whether we should do it, how much time we should spend on it, what we should talk about, how to organize a prayer. And so don't worry, Christ's own disciples had those questions as well. Notice Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 says, After this manner, therefore, pray you, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Continuing here in Matthew 6, Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. And you'll notice that in this prayer outline, this prayer starts and ends with praising God. It says, hallowed be your name. And then concluding that prayer outline in verse 13, it's praising God once again, saying all power and glory belongs to you. So we bookend our prayers with praise to God. Just think about it logically, though. If we don't know anything about God, how can we really praise him? Just the other day, I was trying to be creative in prayer, and I was researching a little bit about how to pray and, and trying to find some ways to add some spark and some sparkle to my prayers. And I found a really helpful article by Mr. Ryan Malone titled, How to Praise God's Name. And there's also some very similar material to that article in the book, How to Pray. Very helpful stuff. Now, notice here in How to Pray, uh, just, just how special this part of the prayer really is. Page 69 says, We should feel deep personal love for and closeness to our Heavenly Father. This father-son relationship is personal and intimate. It should be much closer than the relationship we have with our own physical father. Now, obviously, this can be very difficult to fulfill, to have an in-the-bosom relationship with God the Father, to have a relationship with our spiritual father that's even closer than our relationship with our physical father. That's a real challenge. We can't see God like we can see other physical human beings. It can be a real challenge to have this kind of an in-depth relationship with God. But notice how this prayer outline says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's a lot to learn just from that one statement. God is a father. He dwells in the third heaven, really above the physical universe. 
And God actually has many names. Many, many names. Here's some things that we learn from the, the prayer outline, how we can fill out this first part of our prayers. Hallowed be your, your name. It's also how we can end a prayer. Page 71 says, praise God as your father, provider, master, creator, and sustainer, judge, healer. Praise God for his perfect character, his love, grace, mercy, and faithfulness. Praise God for the blessings he has given you. Praise God for your incredible human potential. That's a lot we can put into just the very beginning of our prayers and also into the conclusion of our prayers. As we try to structure these prayers, as we try to fill out a prayer list and complete a specific prayer agenda to make sure that we're praying about all the things that we should. There's a lot we can pray about in terms of just praising God. Now, maybe this is a little bit different from any conversation or meeting that we've ever been to. <laughs> Obviously, in a conversation with another human being, or if we're in a meeting with another human being, praising someone for five or ten minutes straight would come across as flattery. And it's not quite normal or natural to just lavish praises upon another human being. The difference is, obviously, God is our creator. God is the one we should worship. We don't worship humans. We worship God. That is something that's very distinct from our relationships with other humans. God does expect us, though, to praise him. We should acknowledge God and his greatness and cherish our time with him above anything else. There's a subsection here in how to pray, pages 87 through 91. Praise God's name. Notice these many different names for God. Abba, Father. Abba is a Hebrew word similar to daddy. You get the picture of a small child, a two, two or three-year-old, waking up in the morning, climbing out of his bed, and running straight into his parents' room and climbing into bed with them. If you've ever had a young child, you know what that's like. Little children yearn to be with daddy. They want to lie on daddy's chest. They want to wrestle with daddy. They want daddy to love them and teach them. They want to interact with daddy and mommy first thing in the morning. And that's a great example for us. When we call God our father, Abba father, it's reminiscent of a small child sprinting to his daddy first thing in the morning following his daddy or all around the house, trying to go to work with him when he leaves the house. Everything the daddy does, the child copies. God is also called the father of lights. 
All these names we're looking at are in the Bible in various places. God is called the father of lights. And that's in James 1 verse 17. James 1 verse 17. And I'll just read that for you. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is the father of human beings, but he's also the father of the universe. All those radiant suns out there. And yet God cares more about us. He cares more about humans than he does about the universe that he has created. God is also called the father of mercies in 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 and 4. The father of mercies. How often do we require God's mercy? How much do we deserve the penalty of eternal death for all the times we have broken the Ten Commandments? And yet we know that God has abolished that death penalty for anyone who will accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. For anyone who will repent of their sins and turn to God. But still, even when we repent, when sins happen in the future, we have to keep repenting and keep striving to put out sin. And God is so patient and merciful. We do not deserve our father of mercies. God is also called the most high. He is the most high God. He is unparalleled. You can see in Psalm 82, verse 6, an example of that. Psalm 82, verse 6. And remember, Psalm 82 is a chapter all about how human beings can become gods. We can be gods just like the most high God. Now, we'll never match his unparalleled level of power and authority. He'll always be ruling over us. But our potential is to become gods in his family. That's pretty staggering. God is everlasting. He is living. And so is Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews says that Christ ever lives to make intercession for each one of us. Christ intercedes between you and your spiritual father. And he helps God understand the human condition, the human perspective. Christ has been there and done that. And he understands what it's like, what we're going through every day. And even though Christ has never sinned, he knows how weak we humans are. And he knows how possible and how easy it is for us to fall short. So Christ intercedes for us. He lives to intercede for us. And God lives to listen to those intercessions by Christ and to help us in any possible way. Sometimes when we fall short, when we sin, when we let God down, we might feel ashamed to even go talk to God. 
But you know the solution? If you feel ashamed to talk to God, talk to God about it. Tell God you feel ashamed and repent. God lives to hear your prayers. He highly values your prayers. But we have to make sure we value our prayers as well. And that we're giving sweet incense to him in prayer. A pleasant aroma. God is called, I am that I am. That's in Exodus 3 verse 14. So basically, God has lived forever. He always existed throughout eternal prehistory. He exists today and he will exist for all eternity as well. And whatever God will be, he will be. He is love. He is the living embodiment of the Ten Commandments, which show us how to solve all world problems and how to set the universe back on course. God's law will repair the universe. And God is the epitome of his law. Whenever there are many God beings in God's family, we will go out and we will repair the universe with God's law because we will become the fulfillment of God's law. God is the ancient of days. <laughs> he is very old, if you didn't know that. No one even knows how old. He is the God of our fathers. So that includes the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is not just involved in our lives today. He was deeply involved in the lives of our ancestors. And if you think about it, over the course of thousands of years, all of the family members in your family tree have led up to today and your existence. And God has seen every bit of that, and he's probably facilitated some of that as well. Thousands of years of families leading to your existence today. God is the Alpha Omega. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He has neither beginning of days nor end of life, as it says in Hebrews 7 verse 3. We can call God Elohim, which means family, God the Father and Christ the Son, and Christ is going to marry the church and Christ in the church will have billions of spiritual children, a family that will likely expand forever. God is also called Lord or eternal. He's called the Lord of hosts because God commands armies, hosts of angels. And hopefully we are part of God's army as well. Our father is patient. He is slow to anger. He abounds in goodness and truth. He is holy and righteous. He is the masterful creator. At the ministerial conference this summer, 
my father, Mr. Wayne Turgeon, gave a really great lecture about becoming creators like God. God is a creator. We must be creative. And that, like I was saying, even in prayer, finding ways to address God by his many different names and using a variety in that. Maybe just going through the Psalms and noticing how David and other authors praised God. There's so many things in the Bible about God, his name, who God is. The more we study the Bible, the more we will understand God. He is the Lord of the harvest. And he wants more laborers doing his work today. That's in Matthew 9, verse 38. God is judge. People don't usually like to think about God being the judge. But he sees everything. And he will establish perfect justice over all mankind when Christ returns. God is the righteous judge. It says here on page 89 of How to Pray, only God can properly punish, righteously reward, justly judge, and execute true justice. God is the lawgiver, the king, the redeemer. God is our healer. Psalm 103 verse 3 says, God forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. Those two go together. He forgives our sins. He heals our sickness. There's spiritual sin and there's physical sin. And God redeems us and heals us from both. God is almighty. He is Adonai, which means headship. He must rule over us just like Christ rules over the church. And God is our rock. Imagine that. God just being completely immovable and unshakable. What a quality that all of us should want to have. Where no, where no matter what comes, whatever wind of doctrine or storm of persecution that comes, we can remain immovable and unshakable if we follow God's example. Notice 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4, And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Christ, our rock. Perfect. His whole physical life, never moved to sin. This is an article titled My To-Do List by Mr. Alex Harrison. It's from the Philadelphia News of November, December 2004. And Mr. Harrison talks about the importance of a prayer list. So we've been talking about how when we talk to God, we need to know who God is so we can praise him. But we also need to have a structure we need to follow the prayer outline of Matthew 6, beginning and ending the prayer by praising God. But then there's also a lot of other parts in the prayer as well that you can study for yourself in our free book, How to Pray. 
Notice here in this article, though, my to-do list by Mr. Harrison. He writes here, you may want to use a notebook with a separate page for each category. And he says, get detailed. Don't write pray about the work. Get out the Philadelphia News and write down specific details about the work. Like the key of David distribution, call center operators, literature requests, names of people involved, production, subjects for Mr. Fleury and his inspiration. Focus perhaps on two or three areas of prayer, then move on to others. Review your prayer list every week. Update it. Don't be trapped in repetition. Don't just read out your list to God. That's a pitfall to avoid. Your prayer list is for planning your prayers. But don't think that you can only pray about what's on your current prayer list. You can pray about spontaneous thoughts and ideas too. Just like in a conversation. We may have a few things we want to talk about, but then in conversation, you roll with the conversation. You see where it goes, and then perhaps you can bring up new thoughts as well. God is our Father. We can talk with Him about anything. He is always there listening. He deserves our praise, and He also deserves some real structure and some real thought and effort being put into our prayers. Our prayers matter so much to God. Are they important to us? Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.